From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next, your new favorite beer with zero carbs, now available to you. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. <laughs> I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. Kudos for naming your son Ty, T-Y-E, just like I spell my name. There aren't many T-Y-E's out there. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. That first quarter defensively, I don't know if I've seen a team, you know, suffocate another team. And we had so many goals. Like, we didn't want Skyler to, to get off and have a good game. He's from Arkansas. You know, family members are tweeting. He went 1-12. We, we put a target on him, and we did a great job on him. And we did a good job on some of their other American players. They honed in on that guy like Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan against Tony Kukoc in the Dream Team first Olympic games. They were just not going to allow him to score. Listen to a couple of these stats. For six minutes and 30 seconds of the game, Arkansas didn't allow a single field goal. They led 18-3. to This team, Bakken, yesterday ended up with 27 turnovers and shot 31% from the field. And I think it was 19% from three. Arkansas shut them down. They had a pretty good European center. I heard Eric Musselman talking about that yesterday. Defensively, you look at the length and size of this basketball team. Your shortest player is Darian Ford at 6'3". I don't know how much Darian's going to be in the rotation. But let's say that Anthony Black starts at point guard. A good chance that happens. He's 6'8". Nick Smith's about 6'4", 6'5". Devontae Davis is 6'4". Then you go Trevin Brazil, who runs about 6'8". Jordan Walsh is 6'7". And they got linked all over the place, getting their hands in the passing lanes, making it difficult on drives. This is going to be a really tough team to score against. Defensively, they are probably ahead of where Eric Musselman thought they would be at this point in the schedule. I think the other interesting thing to just observe from just looking at the box scores, the number of minutes played, there's only five players that had more than 15 minutes in this game. Now, if you're looking at that and you said, what's up with Nick Smith? If you didn't watch the game, he had a very minor knee sprain. 
Must said if it would have been a regular season game, they could have brought him out, got him loose for the second half and played. So no concern there. But he only got 12 minutes, 45 seconds in the game. I just think it's interesting from this standpoint, Ty. I think it's a real clue as to who they're starting to lean on, who they who they were trying to maybe uh, audition yesterday for some of that uh, playing time down the road, that, that chemistry they're looking for. Anthony Black, Terry, uh, Trevin Brazil, who had just as good a, a trip as anybody over there and was just a monster yesterday with 28 points. They found something there and just exploited it with him. Uh, yeah, Kamani Johnson had uh, 25 minutes. Ricky Council's another one that's exploded on the scene as well. And Devontae Davis. So I think you're starting to maybe figure out. I don't want to read too much from that, but I think there, there's a reason those guys played the, the bulk of the minutes outside of Nick Smith. There's a reason why he didn't. I think those are the guys that at least going into the start of practice preseason, those are the guys you got to knock off to get a starting role. Brazil shot 83% from the field in Europe. 83%. Went 29 of 35 down there. He went 13 of 15 yesterday. He... I evidently took Eric Musselman's message, hey, go rebound more after game two. And then you just went off the following two games. Chuck said it yesterday. He had the best weekend or week of anyone down there. Helped himself probably more than anyone. Maybe you can make an argument for Kamani Johnson the way that he just refused to be taken out of the game because he did too much from a hustle standpoint, rebounding standpoint. Got to the free throw line, knocked more free throw down more free throws down than he did last year. But this Brazil kid, one year at Missouri, has the frame, has the body, has the size that NBA scouts like. And then we saw it yesterday with his performance from a scoring standpoint and just had a Sports Center top 10. You talk about a guy that's, I don't know which guy's going to be on Sports Center top 10 more this year. Either Ricky Counts or Trevin Brazil. If you had to pick two guys, Jordan Walsh is going to have his name in contention too. But if you had to pick two or three guys on this Arkansas basketball team, they're going to find themselves consistently on SportsCenter. My money's on one of those three with their athleticism. Well, and, and you look also in his line, he's one rebound short of a double-double. 28 points, nine rebounds yesterday. The other thing interesting in this just stat line is 12 of 12 from two-point shooting. So, obviously, a lot of dunks and play around the basket. One of three from behind the line. So, you just look at his shooting percentages and you wonder what it could be if you don't take those three-point shots big fella but uh you know that's that's part of Muss's rotation and part of part of the flow on the floor sometimes but uh didn't miss a shot around the basket you say well you shouldn't well that's not as easy always as you think as you know go back and look at some of those games last year with players that are now getting nba checks you know like a jalen williams i mean that's not as easy as you think it is to just get all the uh the bunnies underneath text in from jimmy Underneath, In fact, you just use bunnies means that I'm rubbing off on you a little bit when I'm happy about that. <laughs> the fact that uh, Jimmy, so Jimmy texted and said, I'm really excited about this basketball team. Well, Jimmy and everyone else listening, you should be. This is going to be a fun basketball team to watch. They're going to be up and down. This team will play a lot more above the rim than last year's team did. Now, the only thing you care about is where they end up at the end of the year. You don't really care about how they play. Yes, it's more attractive to watch, but... Virginia, you think any of Virginia fans were complaining about when Tony Bennett and company won a national championship, scoring like 30 points a game? No. You just want to win that national championship. Will this team? We got a long way to go till then. But the point is, based on what you've seen, based on these recruiting rankings, based on that everything detail-wise heading with this season, there is 
not just a hype around this team that is just hype. There's actual factual data that you can take and say, hey, this is why we should buy season tickets, buy single-game tickets, make our way to Lexington, Knoxville, or whatever, because this team's going to be fun to watch. Maybe you want to save your money for NCAA tournament venues. Maybe you want to go to Birmingham. Maybe you want to go to Des Moines. Maybe you want to save up go Kansas City for the Sweet 16. Heck, you're just going ahead and book your flight to Houston right now like I told Chuck you should do last week. There's a reason. There's actual stuff that you can look at and say, you know what? This savings of what I'm doing right now for the NCAA tournament, it's actually going to worth be worth it. It's actually going to pan out. This basketball team is going to be electric this year, and I cannot wait. I mean, we're talking, we're 18 days out from Arkansas football, and we're talking about this basketball team this morning. And that's not because Tommy and I just want to. It's because our audience has told us to, and there's a reason behind that. And they're, they're, they're Euro games. They're not even preseason, regular season games. They're not even games of consequence. Yes, you went 4-0, but it's not like these games and the end-all, be-all mean jack squat. But people still want to talk about them. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's an excitement level. Now, that we, we all understand it's going to diminish because there's not going to be games that we're discussing. And, you know, conversation is going to ramp up towards football. But, man, I, depending on how this football season goes, it, that's going to be interesting for, for just what we do here is what are we talking about late October, early November? You know, we're going to be obviously talking about the football season and the football team, but which one's going to be more exciting at that point in our calendar year, heading into basketball season, first week of November? You know, has football season kept us in a place where there's plenty to talk about and a lot to play for and we're excited, or does basketball, because of the anticipation of the season, uh, does it does it overwhelm the conversation? So that's going to be an interesting thing to see kind of what we're talking about. 70 points yesterday. I don't know if you looked at it. Any idea? If you don't know, if you already know, that's fine. But any idea how many of those 70 were in the paint? I'd guess at least 40. 50? 52. 52. <laughs> 52. What was the, what, 52 of the 70 were points in the paint. What was the game last year? that it Was it an NCAA tournament game that they had like 50 or 60 points in the game? I remember <laughs> us talking about that one yeah. morning, which was just crazy. They... I mean, this is an international team they're playing. Yeah. So, I mean, this isn't an S. But, well, but, but my point is, it's kind of like the, the it's, it's a lot like the Outback Bowl last year. What happened in the second half? Arkansas started running the ball. Why they run the ball? Because Penn State couldn't stop the run. This is no different. You know, if you're in a game and, the, and, and your opponent can't stop your front court and your inside guys, and obviously it was Brazil yesterday who had 28. You know, and a ton of those, he only had one basket outside of the paint, it appears. He's 12 for 12 inside. You know, if <laughs> it's like running the football. If if a team can't stop the run, you just keep running the football. If a team can't stop the dunk in the inside play, well, guess what? You don't shoot the three that day. You know, that, that's just how it works. They, Musselman is a, is a mastermind at exploiting the weakness of that basketball team on defense and the opposing team. He finds your weakest defensive player. He gets them in pick and roll action. He gets them in off-ball sets, and he makes that player defend and prove that he can stop any given player. And Arkansas has a ton of weapons this year, so it's not like you can hide someone on one of the Arkansas players. Text in from Austin as we go down to Scott County. Is it Final Four or bust? 
Austin, we are a long way away from the beginning of April and the end of March. But I am curious, you're asking, hey, what are we going to be talking about late October, early November when basketball kind of gets rolling? I want to know what this fan base is thinking heading into the SEC tournament. As we get to that latter stretch of the regular season, what is the expectation from where it is on August the 16th compared to where it is at the end and the middle of March? That is, I think, a question that we have to hold judgment on until and it's the final four bust as eric always says it's so hard to make the ncaa tournament this team would make the ncaa tournament it would be a major disappointment if they didn't i don't think there's any he would tell no, you be, that maybe worse than he, that he would tell you that straight up and but most of the time coaches will tell you it's difficult to make the ncaa tournament which it is i think i, I think it's one of those things where you have to wait to make an opinion about whether this team is final four bust, and again, that's an uh, that's almost an unfair label. Like this team, they they didn't live up to expectation. They didn't make a final four. Do mm-hmm. I think they have a great opportunity to do so with the number two recruiting class and the number one player? Absolutely. But sometimes you just run into a wall, and you want to be you want to be that Baylor that you just there. You, you go up against a really good team, and they lose to you. And they say, man, if we hadn't run into Arkansas, we probably won a national championship. Because what happened? You passed. Two years ago, you lost a team that just wasn't going to lose. You weren't going to beat those guards. Last year, Duke fell to North Carolina in that Final Four. is an incredible Final Four matchup. You want to be the oppo taco of that last two years. You want to be that team that you get run into, and it was just like, man, if we hadn't run into those hogs, we would have won a national championship. Well, in the NCAA tournament, you're never more than a bad 10-minute stretch in the game from being eliminated. I don't care what what you're doing, who you're playing, what your seat is. That's that's the way the tournament works. Um, so matchups, all these things. I mean, to say Final Four bust when you're a team that hadn't won a national title, you know, basically in your lifetime. I mean, it's closing in on 30 years from 1994. You had not played in a championship game since 95. You had not been to a Final Four since 95. There was a long stretch where you didn't get to the Sweet 16 since 96 until Eric Musman rolled around. So I, I think it's hard to, I mean, let's, I mean, it's easy for us to get arrogant as sports fans, but that would be a little arrogant to me to think that your Final Four bust. Does this team have the talent? Absolutely. Is Nick Smith probably going to be the one that gets you there if it happens absolutely but to me where this program's been with back-to-back elite eights i think if you're going to make a declarative statement wouldn't it be sweet 16 or bust it'd be really disappointing to not get to the second weekend that to me would be the only way you could consider this thing a failure i don't you know i just can't even imagine not making the tournament i mean that would be one of the greatest collapses of a of a team and its potential that that maybe has come along in, in the, I don't know how many, I, I wouldn't know how to equate that. That would it be how, how disastrous that would it be. It would be the greatest failure of Arkansas right. basketball with talent versus production, what you have. It's yeah. the equivalent, what so, Tommy's saying, it's the equivalent of the expectation that this football team should win 10 games. You know, Bro, you haven't won, you haven't won 10 games in exactly. 10 years. And now you're all of a sudden saying, well, this team should make the Final Four. You have not been to the Final Four since 95. You haven't been to the Sweet 16 since 2020. Prior to that, it was 96. So these high and listen, it, we're fans. It's short for fanatic. These heightened expectations, all of a sudden, that you just you just have to fly through the wall because of a new coaching staff, new regime. They're still not far off from where they were. Now basketball's a lot easier to turn over than it is football. But you gotta 
pump the brakes on some of these expectations. You can have the aspirations. There's a difference between aspiration and expectation. Mm-hmm. You can try and achieve a goal that may be a little out of your means, but when you expect something, that's a completely different. And when you think it's a failure or you think it's, man, this should have happened, but it didn't, and when the expectations were over the top, I mean, I don't know what you're supposed to do as a head coach in that situation, and you're talking to fans about that. Be like in football this year. There's maybe two programs that could say college football playoff, national championship, or bust. That'd be Georgia and Bama, right? Is there anybody else in football this year that could really have that kind of... Ohio State. That would be the only other one. But even then, you know, it's been a couple of years, and they got the tradition and all that, but I'm not sure that, that they're even... They're not on the level of Georgia and Bama. You hope you know, if you're a fan of that program, you hope you are this year. But I don't even think you can say that about Ohio State this year in football. Um, so, I mean, in basketball, with the roster turnovers and everything, you know, it's hard to say that. So, yeah, manage expectations. Does this team have as good a shot as any in the SEC to get to a Final Four? Yes. But the best teams don't always end up being the one getting there. This is a one-game tournament. You know, you got to win six one-game tournaments in the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, it. It. Uh, this team has the potential to reach the mountaintop, but there's a lot. We haven't played a game yet, so long ways to go before you get there. Brought to you by Wills RV, five miles west of Exit 72, off of I-49 in Springdale. The best brands, the best prices. Looking forward to my next stop in at uh, at Wills. They've got always a comfortable environment. If you're taking the family, you're doing some shopping, they've got things to entertain the kids, arcade games that require none of dad's quarters, and kids will love them. they got uh, plenty of drinks and refreshments to keep you uh, hydrated and ready to go while you look at a huge selection. Bring your trade. If you already have um, you know, RV or a travel trailer, you want to trade up, maybe you want an extra slide out, you want more space, more, more room for betting, all of those things. Hey, bring your trade. They'll, they'll give you top dollar for it as well. And they got a great service department to handle all your needs uh, after the sale as well. And all new RVs come with a lifetime warranty at Wheels RV. Five miles west of exit 72 off of I-49 in Springdale. Seek, explore, and discover with Wheels RV. You've got a surplus of confidence in Arkansas football, Arkansas basketball, Arkansas baseball right now. We're just talking about basketball. Let's jump back into football for a sec. Sam Pittman was at the Little Rock Touchdown Club yesterday, had a few corpse, had a few laughs. He was just killing the audience with jokes over and over. He had the audience in the palm of his hand. But one of the more real things he said yesterday is when he was talking about why he's confident in where his team and coaching staff and players are right now, here is what he had to say about that. It's the same way with our team. We'd never, been a while of any of those kids on our team had never, in all honesty, had never seen any type of success on the field. None. None of them. Hadn't seen a bowl. Hadn't seen a winning season. Any of that stuff. So the confidence comes from what we've seen. We've seen that we can go into LSU and win. We've seen we can go into Jerry's world and, and beat A&M. We've seen that Tech, the University of Texas can come in here we can beat them. Those things help that confidence. And then if you can continue to do what you've been doing and you now I can see the results and I know what my work is going to do for me I think you can go wherever you're capable it also helps that you have an offensive coordinator that's being coveted by other programs a defensive coordinator that is being coveted and tried to hire 
by other programs. A quarterback that most coaches in the Southeastern Conference would tell you they would love to have on your team. When you have a a really good quarterback and two solid assistants that are basically your right-hand man, that also gives you that confidence. Arkansas has gotten streaks that you thought, man, these are just never going to get broken. You got one right now against Alabama that you would love to break on October the 1st. But A&M, you hadn't beaten since 2011. You nipped that in the bud. Missouri, for whatever reason, you couldn't beat the Tigers. You nipped that in the bud. LSU, you hadn't been since 2015. You nipped that one in the bud. So you've gotten three streaks just this past year, in year two, that you say, you know what? We're done losing these guys out the window. You had a bowl streak, a bowl gap that you hadn't gotten to, and that you were excited to finally get to that point. Now, and I know they technically qualified against TCU, Mm-hmm. But they were three and seven. Like that that doesn't right. count. That, that, was a, that doesn't count. Exactly. So you've gotten by these streaks that for Arkansas fans was like that next step, that next level. And I don't know if it's getting the double digit wins this year. I don't know what Sam actually tells his staff, not his players, but his staff behind closed doors on what that next goal is. They got a bull win, they broke three streaks. What is that next goal of this football team? Just because you have that goal, like we were talking about earlier doesn't mean that you're going to achieve it or get to it. We've talked about this schedule over and over and over again. They really don't get a break in this schedule outside the bye and outside Missouri State. Now, if you achieve what you're trying to this year, you're going to be that much more satisfied, that much more accomplished because of just the difficulty you have to play. It's like you go through just a brutal workout. But when you finish, you're like, man, I'm actually glad I did that because I got something out of it just more than a a hunky-dory, I'm just going to walk five miles. You went through just this CrossFit over the top, whatever, and you're like, man, I'm actually glad I did that. That's what this schedule is going to be for this football team this year. Can you run the ball? I mean, that, that you know, comes back. Coach talks about all the things you've done in the past and, and visualize. I think the other thing that gives them confidence is I think they believe they can run the football on people. They got four starting uh, returning offensive lineman, you got Luke Jones that they they've talked really highly of, and I get that you know you were right earlier what you said about you know in camp there are no bad stories that come from the podium for the most part. It's ninety seven percent positive stuff, and and so you got to you know balance that out and what you really think. But you just look at the evidence. You know Eric Musselman uses the word evidence a lot in his press conferences and evaluating film and where he's at with players. There's evidence, I believe. You're going to be able to run the football with the running backs you have back, with the quarterback who's really a a run-first guy that runs your offense, with that offensive line. If you're able to do that, it's going to open up so many other things. And you talk about the defense and answering questions. Ty, you've got to keep those guys on the sideline some. You've got to control the clock. You've got to be able to get first downs. You can't have quick three and outs. And I think that's what this offense will provide is the ability to give the defense, who on that line does not have the depth, the rest, that's what you need to see in week one. Being able to take the ball 75 yards over 10 or 12 or 13 plays, control the clock, look like you're in command of the ball game. That's the ideal situation for Sam Pittman, for Kendall Bryles, for K.J. Jefferson is can you run it down their throat? 
Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to Bet Online today, or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code Believe Fifty to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Believe B L E A V fifty. That's Believe B L E A V five zero. Bet online where the game starts. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. out from Arkansas football taking on a top 25 Cincinnati Bearcat team coming into town. You're also in the top 25 of the AP poll. Got that out yesterday at the start of halftime. You find yourself 19th in the first AP poll, 23rd in the coaches poll. So unanimously in those two polls, you start out in the top 25. A couple other polls have you inside the top 10. Josh Pate, RJ Young, and others think you're worthy of that top 10 ranking. Why or why not? Is that something that you should be in the top 10? Are we going way too out early? You've just had your first good season in, what, six, seven years, and now you want to all of a sudden declare yourself a top 10 team. If you think that, why do you think Arkansas is a top 10 team heading into this college football season as we get rolling here on a Toyota Tuesday, Tommy? Man, how you doing? I am. I'm good. I... I uh, the pill I took this morning I guess put me straight to the the lavatory because well I didn't need to know that right off the bat but it's I'm, just <laughs> I don't know what that deal TMI is. but uh, supposed to get some rain and um, cool us down to like in the eighties for a few days it's gonna be nice later this week and not gonna feel like football weather um, it's just kind of kind of a, a, a fun time right now because we're getting to talk a lot of basketball I know we're gonna get into this game yesterday but uh, here in Sam Pittman he you know. Sounded like he had the crowd kind of in the palm of his hand a little bit yesterday at Little Rock. He had a bunch of one-liners and good jokes, and there's a lot of positive things going around this football program right now, and for good reason. You've got a good recruiting stretch. You've got a football team that is is moving up the rankings and stuff. And I, I at this time of year, I think some people go overboard with their predictions just because they hear nothing but positive things coming out of fall camp. And again. To start this morning, what are the arguments this team should be higher than they're actually ranked in the two polls? Did they get it right? This is kind of where Tommy and I thought they would be ranked in the preseason in that kind of 18 to 22 range. The coaches poll against 23 AP is at 19, so kind of right around that ballpark in the stretch that we were thinking. I mean, what are the arguments this team should be higher? What are the arguments that they're right on the money? What are the arguments they should be a little 
later on in the top 25. You look at the coaches and AP poll, there's a lot of similarities between the two. You're getting more respect from the writers and the voters in the AP poll than you are the coaches as we head into this upcoming season. But the first three are pretty consensus. It's Alabama, it's Ohio State, and it's Georgia. And then it's also Clemson and Notre Dame followed up, and then it kind of deviates from there once you start getting into the six and on category. But both coaches and AP voters have it the exact same way when it comes to the top five. Top ten's almost uh, unchanged, a little bit of flip-flopping, like you said, but even at the bottom uh, of the top ten, Oklahoma and Baylor check in at nine and ten in both polls. Here's the question I always think about in these preseason polls, and I've never voted in one. A, we're not coaches, and B, we're, we're not AP members. But if you were voting in this, how do you view it? I don't know what kind of instruction. We can ask Tom Murphy if they get any kind of guidelines or instructions. Are you trying to predict where you think the, the season will finish, or is this where you snapshot and believe you're beginning? Because you can make, to me, a preseason poll is almost uh, akin to, well, this is how I think it's going to end up this year. We don't have any evidence of anything else going on this year, so here's what I believe will happen come December. So I guess it depends on the viewpoint of where you're at, or do you take a different angle on it? And no, I think this is where we're at to start because, you know, if Arkansas is 19 or 23, that's about where they finished last year. I mean, whether you're 19 or 23, does it really matter? I mean, there's not a ton of difference between that. There's a big difference between being number 12 and being number six or being number seven and being number three, huge difference. But, uh, I think that means a lot of people think you're going to be around eight wins in the regular season again would be would be my belief based on these two polls. I think you asked a good question. Do you start out where you think they are at the beginning of the season, where you are at the end of the season? Again, that's something we can ask Tom, but I would like to hear it. And I think for these polls, again, this is kind of a media you-know-what where none of these guys really know that much about Arkansas, probably outside of Tom. there's You could go down the list of AP poll voters, and there's probably not a ton of them that could tell you what Arkansas's roster looks like. They probably are just going off of how they finished, which they finished strong with that Penn State victory in the Outback Bowl and just the feeling around the program, which the feeling is good right now. But if you actually asked some of these members and inquired of the coaches as well, I think you probably, especially SEC coaches, they'd be able to detail and give you more information because they have to scout and lead up to that. But most of these guys don't know Arkansas, which is, I guess... I guess it helped you because they're moved up four spots from where you had in the coaches poll. But I, I'm curious this morning, 877-377-6963 via call, via text. What do you think Arkansas should be ranked in the preseason? We've got the two polls that are equivalent matter, and a lot of times we'll be closer to the college football rankings, playoff rankings than the other poll. And those come out, what, is it October or November that we'll have the first Call it, is it week eight? eight? Usually eight weeks in, eight something, weeks in, something like that. So, so late October, early November is when we'll see the actual poll that means a ton. But you've got several teams that you'll be playing this year that are in both the AP and coaches poll. If you go down the list, there's a little bit of difference, but yeah, kind of that that, that top ten is very similar on both sides and. Arkansas finished last year, Tommy, you've got it up at 20, 21 last year. 21, and, 21, and one of the other polls, 20 in the other. So that's that's pretty much where 8 and 4 lined up last year. Kind of think, you know, not a huge leap going into this year, in most people's opinion. So, or, or I say most people's, these two polls' opinion, I should say. 
more accurately. So, um, I, I think it. You know, it's it, it, with Arkansas. You've got a chance because Cincinnati uh, is twenty third in the AP poll, where Arkansas is nineteenth. So you got a chance to again to to have a top twenty five win in your opening game of the year, right off the bat. You got a chance maybe in one of the polls, depending on what else happens, to move to to the top fifteen. Uh, we've talked about you got a chance if you take care of your business the first three weeks to maybe have a top ten matchup, certainly a top fifteen matchup if you. If you win your football games, you win the first four, you're certainly going to have a top 10 and possibly even a top five matchup when you play Alabama. Now, those are huge ifs, but that's what's at stake. That's what's in front of you. And that's why winning game one is so important. Because theoretically, you'd have a top 25 matchup to start, a quality win against South Carolina, who's receiving votes. And then the A&M matchup was assuming they hold and beat Miami the week before they play you. They'll stay inside the top 10. So that's a pretty solid resume. Assuming you did what you did last year, where you, let's think about this. You started on rank, you clobbered Texas, and then you beat A&M in a physical battle. You gained a lot of respect from voters, coaches, and AP immediately. Wound up at another eight, number eight heading into Georgia. Based on what you saw last year, how it shook out for Arkansas, I would guess with not just a top 25 win, but in addition to that, a top 10 win, you'll sneak inside that top 10 because you started unranked last year. You're starting ranked this year. I think it's going to be easier to climb and more people are going to trust this Arkansas football team heading into this year. At Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we specialize in getting you exactly what you want. Custom jewelry, professional repairs. We can even fix eyeglasses and other small trinkets. Now we offer services with a new laser engraving slash cutting machine. We can mark any shape or design you need. Company logos, fingerprints, religious symbols, even actual pictures can be engraved or just cut out into shape and preserved in metal forever. We can also engrave on other materials, glass, wood, plastic. Just ask. You can get what you want without settling for less. We can take any design or picture and turn it into a forever keepsake. Come see Nathan and let him tell you all the details. You can get exactly what you want at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russellville. Core Jewelry! You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. Tom, let's start with the AP Bowl. Where did you vote Arkansas in yours? Good morning, Ty. It's so nice to be with you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, I have a vote in the AP Bowl, and I had Arkansas at number 15 on my on my ballot. Um, you know, just reflective of having nine wins last year, um, winning some huge games, and pretty good amount of returning talent so i thought that was a good place to slot him we had mad mansfield texas and call us in earlier that that's where he had arkansas at so i'm sure he's thrilled to hear that's where you voted him at this morning and we were kind of kicking around the idea how do you go about voting for this top to bottom do you think it's where they're going to end do you think it's where they're start like how, how do you kind of set up your ap poll tom well in my view they're really the only way to do it i mean you can't project where you think they're going to end up i mean you can do that if you want but to me it's basically a reflection of what returning talent do they have 
you know, maybe kind of what's expected of them. And it's it's just a crapshoot. I mean, any any team you have, I mean, we've had teams that went from outside the top 25 and made the uh, college football playoff before, and we've had teams that are, were in the top four of preseason polls that fell apart. So, um, I don't know. My view is you get a representative sample of teams from different conferences um, based on historical performances. And, uh, you roll, and, and you know what? I, I am not afraid of if I, my number 18 gets beat by two touchdowns in the opener, I'm not afraid of dropping that number 18, eight team completely out of the poll. After week one, whatever impressions you have, I, I think you can make drastic changes. Top five in both polls are identical. Does this speak to the lack of parity, or is this just, um, you know, the polls maybe mimicking each other to start the year? You know, Tommy, I wondered that. And so in preparation for mine, which I, I voted on probably two and a half, maybe even three weeks ago, I went through every uh, poll I could find, the magazines I had, and the, the uh, online material. And I probably came up with about eight different polls and different power rankings and stuff. And outside of, um, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia were, were just almost unanimous in those three spots. And I do think maybe, maybe the polls mimicked each other. I mean, that's what I did as well. But also just very reflective of Ohio State has been a power. They've got good talent returning. Alabama is, uh, you know, had quote a down year or whatever, but they played for the national championship. A lot of talent returning, including probably the best offensive and defensive player in the country. And Georgia just won a national championship. But after that, you know, there was some variety. People had Clemson in the top four. Uh, people had some people had Michigan way up there. I've, I've even seen Utah, and I didn't study their roster a great deal, but I've seen Utah getting real big touts top 10 so i put them in my top 10 as well yeah utah eight in the coaches poll seven in the ap poll let me ask you about a&m they are seven in the coaches poll and six in the poll you vote in with the ap tom when the season's over the dust settles is a&m higher or lower than let's say number seven in the country um I, you know I, I it's hard to say um they beat Bama last year but then you know they lost to arkansas and a, a few other teams so you know, they got to get their quarterback situation settled. I, I will say this. We were having a conversation amongst the folks who covered the Razorbacks yesterday, and the general consensus was that A&M was ranked too high. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know. They were, they were the same last year because they were number seven when Arkansas beat them uh, in week four. So uh, it, it remains to be seen. And the, the recruiting class they just brought in, and the talent level that they had on hand before and Jimbo Fisher's, Fisher's coaching prowess leads you to believe, you know, they'll be a really good team. But, you know, who knows if they'll live up to top six ranking. Alabama and Georgia, one and three at the top for the SEC. Once again, the SEC kind of in the middle part of the poll. We've got A&M that we just discussed at number six. Then you got to kind of slide down to the Razorbacks. Uh, do you get to 19 with Arkansas, Kentucky at 20, Ole Miss at 22. Is, is the SEC properly represented in, in the AP's version of the poll? Um, you know, I think they were better represented than um, the, the uh, conference was in the coaches' poll. I thought the coaches' poll really undervalued the SEC, particularly the West. 
Um, but based on last year, how can you put LSU in your preseason top 25? How can you put Auburn? They might wind up there, but I don't think they merit it in the preseason. Um, I, although some of the polls did have I, I saw one that had LSU in the top 15 and another one that had Auburn in the top 15. Uh, Mississippi State could, could cause people some trouble. I talked to somebody yesterday who thought they were the most undervalued team in the conference. And, you know, Tennessee is kind of that sleeper. I think they were – they might have been ranked in the coaches' poll. So um, it, it'll all sort itself out. And it, it's every year this is going to happen. There's going to be about four SEC fan bases that are massively disappointed by their results. It, it, it's, uh, it's inevitable. I mean, there's no way it can't happen that, that several fan bases thought they would win eight, nine, ten games, and they end up winning six. So uh, the same thing is going to happen this year. Um, all those teams cannot be in the final top 25. Some of them that aren't will, and some of them that are might not be there. Tom, let's talk about some on-the-field stuff and dip back into fall camp. Luke Jones is a guy that people now just assume is going to be the starting left tackle. I think that that's where he's going to end up. Cody Kennedy, I know you got a chance to talk with him yesterday. You think with under the eyes and the instruction of Kennedy and Pittman that Jones is better than maybe they thought he was going to be. They thought it might have been a tighter competition because they kind of shifted Tykeus to the right. Right, and, and Tykeus had been over on the right side uh, during spring as well, although he's moved around much like Luke Jones has. But Luke Jones has made great strides, and um, I, I, I included this in the story today. It was a question about him to Sam Pittman after uh, – I think the first day in pads or after the after the scrimmage Saturday, and it was, you know, how's Luke Jones doing? And the answer was, you know, I was talking to Coach Kennedy about this, and it's like we haven't talked about him a lot, and if that's the case, then the guy's doing well. You know, he's not drawing pre-snap penalties. He, he's not having missed assignments. He's not getting physically overwhelmed too often, you know, beaten. So that means that Luke Jones knows the game, knows the playbook, uh, knows the, the calls and the checks, is physically capable of playing the position, and you're not you're not saying, man, we might have to do something at this position. We we have to put someone in there to challenge it. So I think it's a good thing. Um, you know, I had some concerns during spring, and this is when Ricky Stromberg and Dalton Wagner were missing time. But I had some concerns that all that blitzing, it was KJ just it seemed under the gun so frequently, so quickly after the snap during the parts we saw that. I had a level of concern, but I do believe it was a combination of all the blitzing, a guy like Drew Sanders being a real force off the edge, and um, that they would they would improve. And Cody Kennedy did talk about that yesterday, that uh, all that stuff they did just made him a better coach, made him see things that he had to teach better, uh, put in new coverages. And he says, right now, there's not a coverage we can put in. So they've got the full deal. And the more veterans you have on the line, the more they can adapt in-game to something another team is doing and pick it up. So it's a good combination of factors Arkansas has on that offensive front. Cody was talking about yesterday, it helps with Barry Odoms, the different schemes and the blitz packages you're talking about, because if they don't anticipate it, then they they can get that in. So it helps when you have a defensive coordinator that knows what he's doing. Let's Uh Let's stay on Kennedy for a sec, Tom. 
Here's a guy that got engaged in New Orleans. He was at Peacemaker a couple weeks ago, and he he's got a he's got a knack or two with coming up with some funny phrases. I was listening to him yesterday. Where does he rank on the pecking order of assistants on this staff you'd want to just sit down and have a beer with? <laughs> well, he'd be up there. I, I I really enjoyed meeting and talking to them all, and um, I don't know um, what prompted Kyle Parkinson to come up with this idea, but basically to run through every assistant coach on the roster and wrap it up with the coordinators because then, you know, you're deeper into camp. They can provide a, a stronger assessment of what they've seen. And so we are now in the phase of uh, Deke Adams coming in today, D-line, and then after that it's all coordinators, Scott Fountain with the special teams and then Kendall Browse and Barry Odom. Um, Cody Kennedy would rank way up there. He is what you would call a character, uh, very um, – you know, perky personality. You can see that's rubbed off in position room. Um, Sam Pittman, he's a favorite of his. And I think the question was even posed earlier in camp, is, is Cody Kennedy a young you? And the response to that was, Cody Kennedy has far advanced from where I was at, the, at that age. You know, Pittman might have been the head coach at Hutchinson Junior College in Kansas at this stage of his career. So Kennedy's on a nice trajectory. Uh, his rapport with the players, I think, is, is remarkable, and um, you know he 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 has the room's respect, and so uh, good good stuff from him so far, young in his career. Seems like the top six player you talked about, Tyke's Crawford earlier. He seems to be your number six lineman at this point. Seem, seemingly the top five are are set from tackle to tackle. Let's talk about some of the the younger guys and what Cody Kennedy had to say about like in a Marion Harris or an Eli Henderson. How much? I mean, it's tough in this league, Tom, for for true freshmen to play. But uh, do you get the sense that with Harris and Henderson, um, maybe they do see the see the field some this year? Yeah, and Andrew Chambly, and I, yeah. I, I think it yeah, would I'm take, sure to mention, mention him. Yeah, yeah, I think you know they might try to give him a taste. Now, I mean, this rule where you can play a freshman in four games is a beautiful thing. Um, the, say the Missouri State game, you know, say you get ahead of Petrino a little bit, um, and you're comfortable with having uh, some third liners in there. You know, maybe those guys play, and then there might be other a couple of other games. But Arkansas schedule does not lend itself to getting the the back end of your roster, a lot of, of work because they're, I think they're going to be in so many tight games. Um, but I did try to pin down yesterday who, you know, it, it feels like Tykeus Crawford is, is the sixth lineman. Who, who comes in behind that? And Cody Kennedy provided about four or five other names. Marcus Henderson is hurt right now, and so is Devin Manuel for that matter. But I think those guys are probably in the uh, seven and eight slots. Um, uh, particularly, you know, when Manuel comes back, I mean, he's just a big physical dude, and uh, they've liked Henderson since the beginning. He just hasn't been able to add weight. And when they moved him to center, they felt like that was finally, you know, that eureka moment. And maybe we're looking at Arkansas starting center for next season. That's, yeah. That remains to be seen. Yeah. But those two guys, um, he also likes, uh, you know, he likes, um, he, he does like a Marion Harris and Chambly as up-and-comers. They really like Patrick Kutas, who was not an early enrollee, uh, who's coming along strong. So I would say all those guys and Jalen St. John, who's a backup left guard, are probably, you know, running 7 through 10, basically. I guess Terry Wells would be maybe the only other name we didn't get to on that uh, three-deep, if you will, with the offensive line. 
Um, yeah, yeah, I would say that. And you know, he's come along. He he didn't go in spring. He had the back issue, um, but he's even taken two reps so far in this camp. So, um, you know what? It's there's there's a couple of facets I'd say about the O line. One is we know that Sam Pittman is like an O line whisperer. He's a guru, and yet none of the guys they've recruited in three years now um, has cracked the starting lineup. So that says something that, you know, they were able to transform the, the O-linemen they inherited who, you know, Dustin Fry wanted them lighter, and they were, but they've transformed those guys into having bigger bodies and being quality SEC linemen. I mean, you're not a good offensive line if you lead power five in rushing. So they were a very good offensive line, and, uh, um, you know, time will tell what this year whether or not uh, they they continued on that forward path. Yeah, we just hear a lot of conversations. Cody Kennedy and you know, talking about some of these young guys on the line. We've we've heard a lot of conversation about Satania, Nico Davalier. It's, it it is starting to get the sense of some of these four star guys they've recruited are are not just going to play the the four game minimum, but are going to be significant uh, role players. Maybe not starters, but but significant role players. Tom uh, for this team on both sides of the line. Could very well be. I mean, when Sam Pittman says unequivocally, Nico Davier is going to help us this year, then you get the sense that's going to happen. Um, And then Satania as well. And, you know, his early contributions might be as the, uh, you know, I don't know, fifth or sixth receiver, but certainly a chance in special teams to be the main uh, punt return guy. And, you know, Coach Pittman added the the caveat to that. I'm not afraid to, to play a freshman. If we give them enough reps in camp, and I believe in their ability to, you know, catch the ball and uh, make something happen as a punt returner, I'll play it. Yeah. All right, Tom, we'll leave it there this morning, man. Appreciate your time. We'll talk a little more on Thursday as we continue on through fall camp. It'll be 16 days out then. Wow, it's getting closer, man. I, I enjoyed it. Thanks. All right, Tom Murphy, Arkansas Democrat Gazette Thursday. We'll also talk about a – Pending scrimmage on Saturday that I think will go a long ways to shaping uh, starting lineup rosters. Maybe not so much the uh, the starters as much as who's the number two at a lot of these spots. We'll discuss that on Thursday with Tom. Hey, if you're building a new home, it can be a stressful time whether you're the homeowner or the contractor. Changes in plans, subcontractors not showing up, someone not paying on time. Uh, all of these can be issues that put you at odds with the other side. It could result in a lawsuit. So if you're the homeowner or the contractor and you find yourself needing legal help, Call the attorneys at the Kevin Hickey Law Partners. If you need experienced representation, whether you're the homeowner or the contractor, that's what you'll find with Kevin and Brad. Whether it's breach of contract, negligence, non-payment, or some other issue, they have the experience to represent you. Give them a call in Fort Smith or in Northwest Arkansas. There's two numbers, 434-2414 in the River Valley, north of the tunnel, 802-6560, and let them help you and represent you aggressively. Find those numbers and more at KevinHickeyLaw.com. That's KevinHickeyLaw.com. Are you fluent in another language, French, Spanish? Took two years of German, couldn't tell you a... A lick of it? No. Okay. Well, I was talking a little earlier about Cody Kennedy, some of the, the phrases and the funny things he was saying yesterday. This also stood out. Coaching O-line and coming in is kind of like Rosetta Stone. You know what I'm saying? You're just teaching a new language. You're teaching new, a, a little bit new techniques, but it's mainly a new language, new calls, so guys are building their confidence as they go. What do you think is easier to learn, 
offensive line vernacular and phrases or Spanish? <laughs> what do you think it's easier to pick up? My Spanish might be easier. Spanish might be yeah, easier. Yeah, because I don't need to be 6'9", 6'8", uh, and 340 to, to play I'll offensive line. So, Or at least to apply it. I think I could pick up maybe the vernacular and the things they're talking about, but to actually be able to implement that, uh, I don't think uh, you know, you're know you going to need a few other things to go along with that. You're telling uh, me those... At least with Spanish, you can... Um, you know, you can go, you can go to Cancun and, and maybe get by for a week. So. You're telling me those tree trunks over there couldn't block Jordan Davis? Mm-mm. No, 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 I don't think so. Well, considering a lot of other people had problems blocking Jordan Davis yeah, last year, too. including this offensive line yeah. that wasn't able to really do much at all against that that front four, front five, or four to six, or whatever. They had all Americans and first round draft picks littered throughout that football team, but. Man, I uh, I was listening to that. And I was like, man, what would be more difficult? You have the the application process. I think it would be. I mean, it's just like football terms. I mean, you've been around football for a while now, and I have at least from the this this sitting chair. I think it might be. I guess I've taken took two years of Spanish in high school and two, and I just don't know. None of that stayed with me. Certain stuff gotta, has stayed with me. Yeah, you got to practice it. None of that stuff stayed with me. Same thing with me with German. I mean, I, I don't know why I took should have took Spanish, but you got to you got to use it. It's just like anything else, use it or lose it. So uh, it's probably a lot like this with with these linemen. You know, that's the thing. It's repetition, repetition, repetition. Film room study. You know, I I, I imagine they even have a glossary of terms they can refer to 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 get through it. But that you know, just all part of. All part of knowing that. Bud Light Next is available nationwide today, anywhere you can buy your other Bud Light products. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. How about Captain Crunch's Crunch Berries with breakfast? Whoa, well, Dad, we're on Crunch Island. <gasps> it's Jean Foot. <laughs> and he stole our crunch. Quick, the zip line. He's getting away! Throw our last Crunchberry! No! No one steals my Crunchberries. I think you mean my Crunchberries. Choose your own Crunch Venture with Captain Crunch. This summer's best flavors are at GNC. GNC has more protein and more pre-workouts in more flavors, starting at just $19.99, like Little Debbie Cosmic Brownies Protein from Rise, C4 Energy's New Hawaiian Punch, and so much more. You won't just stick to your routine, you're going to crave it. Your summer just hit the sweet spot with GNC's collection of all the best flavors from all the best brands. Shop now at GNC.com or visit your GNC store today.